The scripture reading today comes from Mark 1, 4 through 11. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locust and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down, untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be, be to God. Will you pray with me? Holy God, send your spirit upon, upon us that as your scripture has been read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what it is you have to say to us this day. Amen. When I was 16, my family moved from West Texas to Loveland, Colorado, the summer between my sophomore and junior year. It was a bit of a culture shock for me, and the change of schools from a class of 80 to a class of over 300 was challenging in a lot of ways. One hurdle was trying to match up some of the classes I had in Texas with the Colorado counterparts. For instance, was my Algebra two class an acceptable substitute for the Trig class they had at my high school? And it was soon discovered that I was missing a key graduation requirement, the swim test. I think this has now been eliminated as a graduation requirement in Loveland, but when I was at Loveland High School, you had to pass a swim test. Now, it was not a very complicated test. You just had to go to the deep end of the pool, jump in feet first, do a little treading of water, I can't remember, 30 seconds or two minutes or something like that, but not a long time, tread water. Then breaststroke down to the shallow end and backstroke back. I'm sure that most Loveland kids had grown up knowing that this would be a requirement and had mastered these skills long before. But me, well... I have never been super athletic, I'm pretty clumsy, and while I had good childhood memories of swimming, I think I took a grand total of one set of swimming classes when I was three or something like that. And so when it was determined that I wasn't going to drown if thrown in water, mostly because I was not a very adventurous swimmer and I hardly went to the deep end, the lesson ceased. 
I would doggy paddle around in the shallow end and just be, be just fine, thank you very much. No need to go down there where the water was deep and dark and scary. So there I was, 16 years old, at the top of my class, or one of the top of my class, classes, class, I'm not speaking right today, the top, near the top of my class, but I was in danger of not graduating because of the swim test. My good friend Liz, um, that spring break, took me to the pool every single day to try to coach me through the swim test and get me into shape. And she had to start by psyching me up for that very first part of the swim test, the jumping in to the deep end. I was scared, and I thought I'd really drown. And I can remember those early jumps and feeling completely disoriented once I went under, panicking a bit at the thought that I'd probably really die just right then and there, and then being surprised that somehow my head broke the surface and I was okay. The more I jumped into that deep water, the more courageous I became. Jumping in deeper and deeper until I could touch the bottom with my feet and push myself up, breaking the surface. Coming up out of the water was always a triumph. And each time I was stronger and more confident. When I was baptized, I was in seventh grade, so this was years before the swim test. I remember being super duper relieved that I was a part of the United Methodist Church. And in the United Methodist Church, we often celebrate the sacrament of baptism with a sprinkling on of water or a pouring on of water. Sometimes we'll do a full immersion baptism, but it's not required in the United Methodist Church. And I was very grateful for that because in seventh grade, pretty scared of the water. But in ancient times, baptism was a full immersion down deep underwater. And it was a sacrament used as a religious rite for lots of different religious traditions and was a rite of purification and rebirth as you broke up out of the waters because emerging from the waters, you were a new person. Reborn. I serve on a few different committees um, for our Mountain Sky Conference of the United Methodist Church. And while I was on a Zoom call earlier this last week, we were on a leadership development call and we were looking forward um, to the year 2021 in the United Methodist Church. And the question arose, how will we emerge? As people who have been experiencing isolation and quarantine, when we're able, hopefully later this year, to come out of that, how will we emerge as a people, as a church? After shifting to virtual, online-only church, 
How will we emerge when we're able to be together again? In this last year, now that we've witnessed protests and violence and the issues of racism starkly in our communities and on our news feeds, how will we emerge from all of this? Many of you, like me, found yourselves horrified by the activity at the Capitol on Wednesday. I was in my office and I was vacillating between trying to work and then switching on my computer over to news feeds or to social media to read some of the responses of my colleagues. I mostly wanted to distance myself from the actions in Washington. But my good friend and colleague, Bic Tai Nguyen, or as most people call her, Betty, who serves as the multicultural and advocacy ministry developer for our conference, wrote this. I am not good at expressing my thoughts fully and my thoughts can change as I learn and listen deeply from wiser siblings. Sweet June bugs up unhappy right now. She continues to write, I just wanted to share at this moment, I'm struggling with the sentiments, this is not who we are. While I understand the intent of this statement, it feels in my gut like when I hear, I do not own slaves, I'm not part of the KKK, I have BIPOC friends and family members, I am not, etc., and similar sentiments. What is happening or not happening at the U.S. Capitol is a result of racism, complicity, enabling behavior, a system built on the oppression of others, white fragility, white supremacy, I am looking myself in the mirror. I have to repent. I have to do better. At this moment, I think we have to admit this is who we are. It has come to this. May we commit to working together to live into beloved community as our creator longs for us to discover. Betty, bless her, in her humble and courageous way, challenges me to consider how I emerge, how we as a people of faith emerge from this incident, this time in our history. Do we have the courage to look into our own mirrors and consider how we've been complicit, even when we didn't mean to be, when we've been silent, when we really needed to speak, when we've failed to do the hard work because it was hard. Today we hear the story of the baptism of Jesus. And in the Gospel of Mark, this is the signifying act that Jesus is indeed emerging as a leader for the people, the bringer of the kingdom of God, the Savior. When we hear this story, we also have the opportunity to reaffirm our baptismal vows and be reminded 
that inherent in our vows is the commitment to justice and righteousness in the eyes of God. The commitment to rooting out all evil and oppression, to lifting up the values of faith. It's a covenant that we've made with God and with our faith community. While we engage in this ritual, which we're about to go into, a reaffirmation of baptism, I invite you to consider, how will you emerge from this struggle and from this blessing? And I encourage you to be reminded that the practice of emerging from the baptismal waters is one that is offered to us again and again and again. And each time I pray, we are stronger and more confident in love and faith. I invite you now, if you were able to gather a bowl or a cup of water, to hold that. And there will be some questions during this reaffirmation of baptism. I invite you to answer them aloud. If you feel so inclined, you can answer them in our chat. Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the Spirit. All this is God's gift offered to us without a price. Through the reaffirmation of our faith, we renew our covenant declared at our baptism, acknowledge what God is doing for us, and affirm our commitment to Christ's holy church. So on behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? And according to the grace given to you, will you remain faithful members of Christ's holy church and serve as Christ's representatives in the world? Eternal God, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water. After the flood, you set in the clouds a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. Their children you brought through the Jordan to the land which you promised. In the fullness of time you sent Jesus, nurtured in the water of a womb, 
He was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. He called his disciples to share in the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, and to make disciples of all nations. Pour out your Holy Spirit, and by this gift of water, call to our remembrance the grace declared to us in our baptism. For you have washed away our sins, and you clothe us with righteousness through our lives that dying and rising with Christ, we may share in his final victory. I invite you now to touch the water. If you want, you can draw a cross on the back of your hand or on your forehead. And as you do so, Remember your baptism and be thankful. May the Holy Spirit work within you, that having been born through water and the Spirit, you may live as faithful disciples of Jesus the Christ. Amen.